Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Be Have you ever had your parents tell you, go clean up your room? And if you ever said, why, what did they tell you? Because I said so. And so uh, this is going to be Joshua 15, because the Lord said so. Because the Lord said so. You know, a lot of people like to debate things and challenge your right to claim a promise with God. But you don't have to get into that debate. You just tell them, but because the Lord said so. (laughs) So anyway, we're in Joshua 15, and I'm telling y'all, I tried, this is a long piece with a lot of names and words that I just couldn't get my head around, so I'm just going to do the best I can, okay? And don't laugh at me, because it's going to (laughs) get, you're already looking, oh boy. So anyway, Joshua 15 and 1, Father, uh, get me through this one, and uh, show us what you have for us in your word, even beyond what I teach, Lord God. There's more in it than a finite man like me can even possibly say. So, Lord, I ask you to bring the understanding to each one of us. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Joshua 15 and 1, the land of Judah, where the land of Judah gets their part. So, this was the lot of the tribe of the children of Judah, according to their families. The border of Edom at the wilderness of Zin, southward, was the extreme southern boundary. And their southern border began at the shore of the Salt Sea, from the bay that faces southward. Then it went out to the southern side of the ascent of Akrabim, passed along to Zen, ascended on the south side of Kadesh Barnea, passed along to Hezron, went up to Adar, and went around to Karka. From there it passed toward Asman, and went out to the brook of Egypt, and the border ended at the sea. This shall be your southern border. The east border was the Salt Sea, as far as the mouth of the Jordan. And the border on the northern quarter began at the Bay of the Sea at the mouth of the Jordan. The border went up to Beth Hogla and passed north of Beth Arabah. And the border went up to the stone of Bohan, the son of Reuben. Then the border went toward Deber from the Valley of Achor, and it turned northward toward Gilgal which is before the ascent of Adumim, which is on the south side of the valley. The border continued toward the waters of Enshemesh and ended at Enrogil. And the border went up by the valley of the son of Hinnom to the southern slope of the Jebusite city, which is Jerusalem. The border went up to the top of the mountain that lies before the valley of Hinnom westward, which is at the end of the valley of Rephaim northward. Then the border went around from the top of the hill to the fountain of the water of Nephtoah and extended to the cities of Mount Ephron. And the border went around to Bala, which is Kerjath-Jerim. 
And the border turned westward from Bala to Mount Seir, passed along to the side of Mount Jerem on the north, which is Chesalon, went down to Beth Shemesh and passed on to Timnah. And the border went out to the side of Ekron, northward. Then the border went around to Shekron, passed along to Mount Bala and extended to Jabneel, and the border ended at the sea. The west border was the coastline of the Great Sea, which is Mediterranean, I believe. The coastline of the Great Sea. This is the, the boundary of the children of Judah all around according to their families. Whew, doggy, I got through that. Okay. <laughs> that's a lot of information because that's a lot of border. That's a lot of land. So here's the borders of Judah. And I like how verse 12 says, the west border is the Great Sea, the Mediterranean. It's kind of interesting. I've been there to the Mediterranean, and I've always eaten Mediterranean. (laughs) But I was standing at the Mediterranean. It's a fantastic-looking body of water. It's very beautiful. It's not like our dirtied-up Galveston. Now, if you remember, the tribes that settled east of the Jordan, they settled east of the Jordan. They were exposed to their enemies in the east. And when the king of Assyria attacked, he come in by land. It's easier for an army to come in by land and attack. And so these eastern tribes, east of the Jordan, they were the first ones to be taken away. They were in a vulnerable place. They were the first ones to fall. But Judah, as we're reading about here, all its borders inside the land, deep in there, they're buried very deep inside the land. They're surrounded by safe borders. They're well within side. There's uh, the, the western border is water. It's very difficult for an enemy to come in through water. So they don't have a they don't have an eastern vulnerability. They've got water on this side. Hey, we're right here in the middle. We're safe. This is why I emphasize the need to be deep within the body of Christ. You play around out on the edges, you're exposed to the enemy, or you're in the water drowning. Get deep in the middle where it's safe, where it's very, very safe. And so Judah's deep, deep in the land. You know, the tribe of Judah, that's where the Messiah come from, the line of Judah. There's safety in the tribe of Judah. So get deep into the body of Christ. And so Judah was the largest tribe. They were a very, very big tribe. And that's why their portion was bigger. Uh, goodness, did you, <laughs> you see me struggle to get through all that border information. Then it turned and went here, then it went around there, that went up to here to there. And it went on and on and on because it's so big. It's a huge, huge area. Numbers 26 and 54. It says, To a large tribe you shall give a larger inheritance, and to a small tribe you shall give a smaller inheritance. Each shall be given its inheritance according to those who were numbered of them. So you can see that it's dependent on how big the population is. That makes sense. But you do not get so big without being so blessed. Anybody with a gigantic family, that's a very blessed family. Judah was predicted to be a very, very blessed tribe. After all, Judah would bring forth the Messiah. I want to show you in Genesis 49 and verse 1. And Jacob called his sons and said, Gather together, Judah, you are he whom your brothers shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's children shall shall bow down before you. And so Jacob, who is Israel, he was Israel, the man Israel, Uh, he predicted that Judah would have basically a bold dominance over enemies like that of a lion. Lions don't play around with their prey. They have dominance. 
And uh, tribe of Judah would be like this, like that of a lion, a bold, fierce dominance, and also be the center of praise. Did you see that? Bowing down. They're also going to be the center of praise. And Jesus, the Lion of Judah, he has bold, fierce dominance over our enemy. And he is the center of all worship. And so you can see a prophecy for Judah's population and size has a direct relation to do with Messiah Jesus. And the fact that uh, Jesus is, uh, is bold like a lion and uh, very blessed. There's a lot of blessing in Jesus Christ and the center of uh, worship. There's a lot of parallels in this. And so such a tribe as Ju- Judah, as big as they are, uh, would understandably be very blessed, blessed with life, large population. Therefore, they need a large territory. It, it, it's proportionate. And don't forget, we serve the God of Israel, who is a God of life. He is a God of life. It's one reason why we go and pray at Planned Parenthood uh, once a month. We pray against Planned Parenthood, against abortion, and for the women and the men and the children who go there. We pray for them, but against abortion. Is God is a God of life. He grants us life on earth and offers us eternal life through Jesus Christ. So it's very blessed to see lots of life, a great big population in a tribe like Judah. But to sustain such a population, the land has to be productive. What's the use of getting the largest piece of territory if it's dead desert? Doesn't work out, does it? Everybody's going to go hungry. You ain't going to be the largest tribe for long. So people have to eat. Now, way back, 45 years prior to this time, when they're going in and taking their their inheritance, remember 45 years ago, the spies went in to check out the land, and this area of Judah is the very spot, the very area that they went into, this very piece of land. And when they reported back to Moses to, to explain what they saw, they brought back a sample of the land's produce just to show them and uh, to show Moses. Let me show you Numbers 13 and 23. Then they came to the valley of Eshol and there cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes and carried it between the two of them on a pole. They also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. The place was called the valley of Eshol because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Can you imagine one cluster of grapes that's so big (laughs) that you have to throw it on a pole and carry it between two guys? I can just imagine, oh my gosh, why didn't we get a little smaller? See, I can move now because I got a mic for it, right? This big old cluster of grapes, I looked online to find big clusters of grapes and they can still grow them. And they, they, they grow them on lines that are strung like a, like a clothesline, and, and this big, giant cluster of grapes goes all the way down to the ground, and people are posing next to it like, look at the size of this cluster of grapes. It's possible. I've seen it. And, but when you move to a new place, though, one of the first things you want to know is, what's there to eat around here? Is there just a Chili's here? Is this Alvin? You know? <laughs> You people in Pearland, I could never lose weight up here. It's too much stuff to eat over here. And so it's very important for the spies to bring back samples of the land's produce to show the people, hey, there's stuff to eat here, and there's a lot of it. It will sustain a great population to move in. Now, they know that if they can bring back a wild cluster of grapes that's so big that it took two guys to carry it on a pole, 
Then the land was ready for the people to plant their own vineyards. If the grapes are growing like that by itself, imagine what we could do if we cultivate it. Man, we could grow a lot of good stuff for our people to eat. So the land was ready for the people to plant their own vineyards. They knew they had good things ahead, is what I'm saying. They're like, man, this land, we got good stuff coming. And so from the book of Numbers, we can see that decades before the people got in there, about 45 years before they even went in, God had already blessed the inheritance ahead of them. Oh, here he goes with his Jesus parallel. God had the inheritance blessed ahead of them, but first they had to go through a long, tiresome journey, didn't they? They had to go through 40 years lost in the wilderness before they could get there. Now, this gives me a place to encourage you. We have this long, seemingly tiresome sometimes, this long journey that we're all in. It's called our earthly life, and it gets tiring, doesn't it? Some days you just don't want to get up. Some days you're just like, I am, I'm done. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I, I'm finished. And we're persecuted against, and days aren't always easy. And sometimes life is just flat unfair, isn't it? it it's, you just wonder, why? why? Why am I going through this? People hate us for believing in Jesus and for agreeing to His statutes, to His commandments. And for doing what he told us to do, people hate us for that. And it would seem hopeless if we did not know that God has blessed our inheritance ahead of us. God has blessed our inheritance ahead of us. It's going to be good when we get there. Now, however however good or bad things might be, if you're in covenant with God, like Israel was in covenant with God, if you're in covenant with God, through the blood of Jesus, then don't you worry. You've got good things ahead. You do. Now, remember, the spies brought back the fruitfulness of the land to give the people hope for their inheritance. Look at these grapes. Look, here's a, here's a sample that you can, you're, can come into tangible contact with and see proof of the blessing that God has given us ahead. Likewise, God has given us the indwelling Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, the fruits of the Holy Spirit to give us hope for our inheritance ahead. You have the Holy Spirit, you're like, okay, I'm still out here in this wilderness, but look at what I got a little sample of what's coming. You have the Holy Spirit now. You don't go to heaven now when you get saved, but you get the Holy Spirit now. That's your sample of what's coming. That way you know everything ahead is going to be really good. 1 Corinthians 15.20 says, But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. I think of those grapes. I'm just thinking of grapes. I love grapes anyway. But uh, I'm thinking of that fruit that those guys brought back. Christ Jesus is our first fruits. You accept them, you get a sample now even before you get in to the land ahead. Isn't that great? I'm not in heaven yet, but I have the first fruits of Jesus to keep me encouraged. I've got Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God, to keep me encouraged until I get there. Now, my spirit has a large appetite. (laughs) My spirit likes to eat. (laughs) Don't look at my body. I know what you're doing. My spirit likes to eat. I consume God's word as much as I can. I'm eating, eating, eating. Okay? And I've got to have Jesus to keep me going 
until I get my inheritance. If you're tired, if you're worn out, all the things that can happen in life to knock you down, remember you've got Jesus to keep you going. Put it on Jesus. Now, we saw the place where described where Judah's inheritance is at. Remember, the border from here, and it went around there, and it went up to here, and up to the sea, to down to the water, to this, to that. We, we got an outline of where the inheritance is. That, that's it. Okay? So where's your inheritance? Where's yours? 1 Peter 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's how you get it, but where is it? Verse 4. To an inheritance. Do you see that? Incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away. Reserved where? In heaven. There's where your inheritance is. Now, I can't give you the borders. (laughs) But it is, I'll tell you where it's at. It's reserved in heaven for everybody but you. Come on, guys. Who's it for? It's for you. Don't let the enemy tell you otherwise. That is reserved in heaven for you. Yes, you. You who messed up. You who blew it. You who, I'm not good enough. It's reserved in heaven for you. I want to make sure you really get that. This is your inheritance. You have the right to claim it through Jesus Christ. Verse 5, who are kept, you're kept, you're not going to lose that, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Ready to be revealed. You know, you can't open a present until it's like your birthday. No, don't touch that present. I'm keeping it ready to be revealed. Ready to be revealed. It's like, we don't really know exactly what it's going to be like yet. We know it's going to be good. It defies our mind, our imagination, but it's going to be revealed in the last time. It's going to be like, God's going to come out with it. It's like, okay, y'all ready? Here it comes. Boom. And we're going, whoa. <laughs> wow, look at that. You've got good things ahead. Your future looks good. Let Jesus encourage you, okay? I know a lot of terrible things are going on in this world down here, but your inheritance ain't down here. Remember the Levite priests? They got no inheritance. All Israel got inheritance, but the Levites, your priests under Jesus Christ, your inheritance is not down here. Don't look for it. It's up there. I just told you where it's at. Hang tough with me as we go through life. We'll get there. Now, it took Judah quite a while to get their inheritance, didn't it? It took hundreds of years, actually. So now look at the tribe, this tribe of believers right here in this room. This tribe. Here's a tribe body of Christ, and I want you to say to yourselves, we'll get there. We'll get there. I can imagine being with Israel. We're, gonna, we're lost for 40 years now. When are we going to get there? When, you, you had entire children grow up into grown-up adults by the time they showed up. When are we getting there? We'll get there. I know life seems long, and I know it's tough, and it's hard, and a lot of things are going wrong, but there's a lot of blessing, too, if you concentrate on Jesus Christ. We'll get there. We'll get there, and we'll get there together. Don't run off on me. I need you, okay? (laughs) I need you. We'll get there together. So hang tough. Let's endure together just a little while longer. Just a little while longer. Jesus is coming soon. If you really believe that, let's get there. Let's, Let's stand up and be ready to do it. Well, I'm getting tired, but Jesus is coming soon. Yeah, that's right. We'll get there. Trying to encourage you. We have a great future ahead. Now, if God had great blessing waiting on Judah's arrival, he has great blessing waiting on us as well, doesn't he? 
Look how good it was for them when they got there. What do you think we got coming to in eternal life? We'll get there just a little while longer. Now Joshua 15 and 13. Caleb. Now to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. Remember, in the last Sunday, that means he was a Kenizzite. That means he's not an Israelite. He's a Gentile. There's a lot of Israelites could have stepped up and said, who are you to claim anything? You don't get to claim nothing. You're not an Israelite. But he gets to because God promised him. Now, to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he gave a share among the children of Judah, according to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, namely Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron. Hebron becomes later a refuge city, which is we have refuge in our Lord Jesus Christ, which is Hebron. Arba was the father of Anak. Caleb drove out. Remember how old Caleb is. He's 85, okay? He's 85. Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak from there. Sheshai, Ahiman, and Talmai, the children of Anak. Then he went up from there to the inhabitants of Debir. Formerly, the name of Debir was Kirjath Sefer. So again, Caleb says, here I am. Remember, he says, here I am, 85 years old. It's like everybody in Israel is dead. Everybody at 20 years old and under survived, but everybody from 45, the next 45 years, they're all gone. Nobody is over age 65 years old. And here's Caleb. I'm 85. That means God spared me. My age has to speak for something, which means I follow the Lord and he has spared me. So he says, I'm 85 years old, but I'm still strong enough to go out and take those guys living on my inheritance. I can still take those guys on my inheritance. Guys, I just told you where your inheritance is. It's, in, it's, it's yours in heaven waiting for you. That's your inheritance. You hear me? The enemies that say, no, we're blocking your way. Uh-uh, that's my inheritance. God said so. <laughs> I love it. Caleb said in the previous chapter, he said, it may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. If you recall, he said that. I could drive them out as the Lord said. And so look here at verse 13. It says, Caleb got a share of Judah according to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua. According to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua. So what was that commandment then? We need to know that. Back in Numbers 14 and 24, he says, But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. That's what the Lord told him. He told Joshua to give Caleb a cut. Now, this is where Caleb's confidence is coming from. Caleb's confidence is coming from what the Lord said. My confidence is from what the Lord said. It's not based on what y'all say. It's what the Lord said. And it actually happened. He actually went in and took it at 85 years old. Because the Lord said. We got to learn to listen to what the Lord says. Because when we don't listen to what the Lord says, we miss out on a lot of promise and a lot of things we could be doing. Romans 10, 13. I want to show you something that the Lord said. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Lord said that. Oh, you can't be saved, Ray. I just say, Satan, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved Because the Lord said so. And my confidence comes from what the Lord said, not from what anybody else says.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.